Welcome back to the Mighty Thor podcast, folks. I'm Ed. And I'm Terry. We're getting ready to sit down and talk about some Marvel Thor books here to you. Let you know what we're getting into. We've got lined up the 1966 volume of Mighty Thor, issues 146 and 147, and the 2011 volume of Journey into Mystery, 627. Now, those of you that get your shipments monthly, you still may not have 627, so uh, we'll give you a heads up about that in case you want to uh, not listen to it, I did, mainly. Uh, but this is a spoiler podcast for anybody that's new. We're going to talk about these issues, let you know what's going on and who's in it, and talk about the art and the story overall and things like that. So that way, if you don't want anything spoiled, you know what it's about, you know what you can do. Well, you know, in, in a nice uh, way, of course. Yes. So. My favorite is stick your fingers in your ears and go la 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 la. Yes, that that is a, well, but it's hard to do if you're wearing headphones. Kind of. No, see, that's true. See if you were to try it, it just it wouldn't yeah. quite work. So. And if you take your headphones off, there's no need to la la la. Exactly, exactly. See, you couldn't do it to me either, because I have headphones on too. Mm-hmm. So, run into the same difficulty. All right. Um, got one uh, one little piece of feedback here that we'll get into after our discussion, but uh, we'll start off with. Mighty Thor, issue 146 from 1966. That's the volume. When did the book come out? Oh. 1973? Okay. Let me look right here. No, 67. No, that can't be. Okay, anyways, go ahead. And before we even get started, let's just say that this is Stan the Man Lee. And Jack King Kirby, with delineation by Vince Coletta and lettering by Artie Sonic. So to start out telling you who's at fault, if you don't like it, it's not me. I'm no. just reading it. Right. That's, that's, we are just the messengers. That's right. That's all. And when we last left Thor, he had had his power stripped from him and was trying to make his way on Midgard as a regular human being with some little extra power because he's just a mighty guy. And he is at the circus. He's just gotten a job at the circus as the strong man. And unbeknownst to him, the ringleader of the circus and his other four or five members are part of a group called... The Circus of Crime. There you go. So he is unwittingly knowing working for the Circus of Crime. So when we start out, he has is doing his job in the circus and he is lifting this massive weight bench looking kind of thing showing how strong he is and the women well actually just the one woman the snake lady is kind of like ogling him and the ringmaster comes in with a new costume for him to use in his act and lo and behold what's the costume it's a Thor costume. Yes, there we go. Because because they say that he looks just like Thor. Well, he has said that's who he is too. Yeah, but then he backed up and said, "Well, that's what I'm calling myself," and and the ringmaster's taking that and running with it and going to bill him as Thor the Mighty, and the Snake Lady is like massaging his shoulders and and touching his muscles, and the ringmaster's getting quite angry about the whole thing and sends him off to put his clothes on. 
So while Thor is gone, putting on his clothes, they, they are talking about their latest case and how they're going to keep rehearsing and make sure there's no slip-ups and don't worry when the time for Princess Python comes to do her part, she will. And another one of the little guys was like, females and snakes, I don't trust them. And they're going after the golden bull, which is worth a $20 million cash. That's hard to believe considering it's five tons of gold. I know. You would think it would be worth more than $20 million actually. But, yeah. But, you know, who knew what the prices of gold was back in this day? Not very much. No. So Thor put on his regalia, his little costume, and he's like, I'll do the best I can because this is the bed I have to lie in. I have caused this to happen myself, so this is where I am. So then we see a lovely full page. I love this full page of the circus parade. They always, at the beginning of a circus, they always bring all the performers out and they all parade around and then go back in and then the, the show starts. So we're having the parade of the circus in a full page and it's spectacular. And everybody notices Thor. They're like, oh, it's Thor. No, he can't be in a two-bit circus. Who needs a phony? Throw him out. So he hurls his hammer, even though he's like, it's not going to really work because it doesn't come back to me because it doesn't have any power either, just like I don't. But he hurls it anyway, and it smashes whatever he hurls it at. And the crowd is like, well, what does that prove? It didn't come back to him. What? And, and Thor's thinking the same thing. You know, what does it matter? <laughs> And the ringmaster, who has this lovely spinning wheel as part of his hat, starts it spinning, and everyone in the whole circus, all the audience, is in a trance. He tells Thor, he says, go pick up your hammer. When they, when I let them back into themselves, they will think that it has flown back to you. They will see what I want them to see, because that is my power. And so Thor, though, did that in hypnosis, too. So he's standing there going, I've picked up my hammer, and they're all cheering for me. I wonder why. And then he sees Jane Foster up in the crowd of the audience. And she's with another man. And he's not upset. He says that that's a good thing, because Jane yeah. needs to find someone who loves her. Oddly enough. Oddly enough, he's not upset. He, he took it pretty well. And he's he's thanking his father in his, in his thoughts, you know, that, that he has managed to make Jane forget about him and find somebody else. But he's a little troubled, I think, also, that he was brushed aside so easily. But he'll get over it. So he gets, they, they're, they're all finished with the circus, and they're all in the back talking. And, and the serpent woman, is python girl, is telling him what a good job he did. And she's like, what's your real name anyway? And the ringmaster comes and says, come on, we, it's time for our performance to begin. we got to move. And Thor's like, what performance? What do you speak of? And he's like, well, look into my eyes and you will learn. And he spins the hat. Actually, it's a little wheel on the hat, but you know what I mean. And it hypnotizes Thor. And they all go to get ready to go get the golden bull. So now they've pulled up in front of the museum. The guards are like, what's, what's this? What's going on? And the clown rides his unicycle and messes with them and says, you know, don't take any bets on on that on that I'm just a nut, you know. Just 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 follow me. And he knocks them all kind of down and and gets them all confused. And here comes the tumblers, and they come in and 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 they're confusing them even more. Gam. Bino. 
Gambino or Bono Brothers? That was Bino. Gambinos. The Gambino Brothers. And they're trying to, to lure the policemen, that, well, not police, I think they're just guards, away. And they managed to do so. And then in the next scene, we see the human cannonball being shot into the side of the museum. He's supposed to create a way for them to get in. And he does. And then the python girl, slither, her python slithers her up the, the side of the building. And she gets in that way, and they're both trying to, they're both going to get the front door open so that the um, ringleader and Thor can come in and do their part. And any guards, there's a guard left in there, and the python wraps him up so that we don't have to worry about him. And finally, they're in the room with the golden bull, and it's rather magnificent looking. This is like a little more than half a page, maybe, picture of, maybe just a third page, third page picture of the golden bull and it's massive and huge as it should be and they tell Thor you must go up there and carry it down and he's like I must obey so he gets up there and he carries it down and he's carrying it down the steps and one of the circus people come in and say the guards are headed this way we've got to hurry up yeah, I, I didn't recognize that dude. me neither he's not dressed as a I, Gambino and he's not the human no, cannonball yeah he's just just a regular worker or something. I know. I, I, didn't, I didn't know they took regular know workers. No, they took anybody else. Yeah, me yeah, neither. So. so they're telling Thor to hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. We have to be finished. We have to hurry up. And they're waiting on the human cannonball to burn a hole into the wall so they can pass through. And they're telling him, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. He's like, I'm almost done. I'm almost through. Here, here we go. There I have it. The hydraulic magnet atop our truck will lift it away with ease. And then the wall comes down. And Thor's walking towards the hole in the wall with the golden bull up on his shoulders and here comes the guards back and they're trying to get in the front door they see the python there they shoot at it to, to scare it away and he goes down the air vent and they're like that's okay quick we got to sound the alarm someone's after the golden bull so they run in there and they see what's happening and they start shooting at the circus people what were their names again? I'm so sorry. It's Ringmaster and the Human Cannonball. No, I mean the Circus, Circus of Crime. Circus of Crime. I can't seem to remember that. So they are they're they're running from the police, trying to figure out how they're going to get away. And Thor drops the Golden Bull because of all the commotion that's going on. He has snapped out of his trance, and he drops the Golden Bull. And he's like trying to figure out what's going on. He's like, what's going on? There's so much noise. There's so much confusion. I can't figure out what's going on. And the police are still firing, telling them all to surrender. Meanwhile, the golden bull has fallen over on Python Girl, and she's trapped up against the wall by it. Princess Python. Princess Python. I like Python Girl. And then while all this is going on... It's a woman. I know. It's not a girl. Oh, okay. It's a woman. And Princess Woman wouldn't... Or or Python Woman wouldn't sound as cool. That's true. We cut back to Asgard, and Sif and Balder are watching this whole thing through the, the magic crystal that Odin has that he can watch people on Midgard with. And they're watching this whole thing, and they're like, we have to go help him, and, and, but we've been told we can't. We've been told we cannot leave Asgard and go to Earth. We, we've been forbidden. And it's like, I don't care. He can't be abandoned now. We have to go help him. So they decide that they will defy the will of Odin. And they will go back down to Earth and try to help him. And Odin's wandering around going, even Thor may not be permitted the sin supreme, the sin of imperial disobedience. 
he must be sentenced to earth. He must do his he must do his penance. And while all of that's going on in Asgard, the police have sort of cornered Thor, and they're telling him, "You better give up. We don't want to do anything to you. We know you're powerful, and we don't want to hurt you, but you have to give up." And the Python girl, Princess Python, is saying, "Thor, you have to help me. It's your fault that I'm stuck behind this huge golden bull." trapped up against the wall you have to help me so he's trying to help the woman but yet the police are telling him to stand back so he, he does he wants to do that but he, and finally he just decides i've i've dilated too long the die is cast and i have to save the girl so that's what he does and that's the end of that issue so because he dropped it does that mean thor is no longer strong like bull he's not as strong Princess Python. Princess Python. Python girl. So now we move on to 147. To hopefully wrap up this story. Did you tell him who created that person? Yes, I did. Okay. To hopefully wrap up the story of the uh, circus of crime. I see. I can't. I've got to walk there. And this one's. This issue is called the Wrath of Odin because Odin like really gets involved here. Drops cards for next episode. I'm telling you. And the cover of this one is Odin in cloud-like form. You can see his face pretty clearly. And Loki and Thor battling in the forefront in the city. Hypnotized by the ringmaster, our our immortal hero, shorn of his godly power, helps the circus of crime in its theft of the priceless golden bull. But then the gunfire of the attacking police snaps the Asgardian Avenger from his trance and away we go. This is where we left off. She is trapped. The Princess Python is trapped against the wall by the Golden Bull. The police are shooting at Thor, telling him he better stop, cease and desist. And this is also created by Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, embellished by Vince Coletta, and lettered by Artie Sonic. So here we go. Thor moves the bull away from the wall, thus freeing Princess Python. The police now are realizing what he is doing. They've kind of noticed now the girl screaming, trapped up against the wall, help me, help me, while they couldn't have noticed her before. I'm not so sure. But they finally noticed that, and that, and he moves the bull, and they're like, okay, he just wanted to free the girl. Now everybody stay where you are. She was she was covered by the bull. But she was screaming. How could they not hear her? Well, because they were too busy shooting at everybody. But they should still have heard her. Anyway, so he picks up the bull and carries it towards the pedestal it was taken from, and the police allow him to do that, and he puts it back exactly where it belongs. And then he goes down to the police, and he said, I'm to consider myself under arrest, and the police are like, "Uh, yeah, that's what you are. And he's like, well, okay. And Princess Python is like, but he didn't do it. He's innocent. He didn't know what he was doing. I can prove it. It's, It's not fair. And they tell her, well, you can tell us at the trial. Quit carrying on. And She's like, well, perhaps I have another reason for making all this ruckus. And what it was is her python was creeping up behind them, and she managed to grab hold of it, and it carried her out the window back down to the ringmaster and them. And she's hollering as she's being lowered to the ground by the python, hurry, we must go to the aid of Thor. And the ringmaster's like, no, we don't have time for that. We're not going to try to to help Thor. We're just going to get away. And they're in this huge two two-ton truck with this huge circus thing on the back of it and and they're like trying to get away in it and hoping nobody will notice 
Yeah, it's got all the machinery they would have needed to uh, transport. Yeah, the, the hydraulic. The five-ton gold yeah. bowl, and it's it's decorated rather garishly because mm -hmm. it's a. It's and they're all hanging of off of it, and, where you yeah. can see them all. So they've they've got to hide that. Mm -hmm. And the police are like, "Yeah, that they're crazy trying to get away, and that they'll be stopped at the first roadblock." But little did they know that the ringmaster has the hypnotic wheel on his hat, so that's how they're going to get away with it. He's going to create some hypnosis there. Back to the interrogation room of the precinct, we have Thor being interrogated by some detectives. And they're, they're like, you expect us to believe that you don't remember what you were doing and why you were doing it? You have no clue. And Thor's like, I have no power to make you believe my word. But I'm speaking the truth. I, I don't know how to get you to believe me. And the detective's like, well, we've informed him of his rights. We've called a lawyer. He replaced the golden bull. That'll be a point in his favor, but let's lock him up. Take his hammer before you take him down there. And Thor's like, that's fine. You can have it. It's not doing me any good anyway because it has no magic powers. So meanwhile, we go back to um, Limbo. We're in timeless Limbo. And this is a full-page picture of what um, Kirby thinks Limbo looks like. It's got some pterodactyle in it, and it's got some strange rock and vegetation formations and it's very creepy. And Loki's like, well, I'm, I'm stuck here because Odin has banished me here, but I will be liberated because if I just wait long enough, I know that I'll get my freedom. Yeah, he's just... And I will defeat Thor. And he's just... He's, he probably rambles that the whole time he's there, uh, yeah, day after just, day after yeah. day. You know, eventually I will be free, and eventually I will defeat that accursed Thor. Kind of keep up his own spirits by yes. saying I can't be here forever. Mm -hmm. But then he feels something. And he says it's a strange seething sensation that only Odin can create. And lo and behold Odin pulls him out of limbo and says I have summoned the evil one. At least he knows that he is an evil one. And I grant you imperial forgiveness because you are my son. And later on, he fusses because Thor brings him back to life. But anyway. Well, but, I mean, why is he going to bring him back while he's leaving Thor on Earth? I know. That doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. sense whatsoever. So Loki's like, woohoo, I'm free. And Odin's like, as long as you behave yourself, you're free. And Loki's like, oh, I'll, I'm, I'll be a good boy. I promise. I'll be good. I'll be gooder than good. I'll be so good you won't know what good is because I'm good. Earth <clears> than good. And he leaves Odin's sight. And runs into Balder and Sif, and Balder and Sif are like, what are you doing here? How come How come you're here? And Loki says, stand back, it's the will of Odin that I'm here. And they go to Odin, and they're like, what are you doing? You're, you're letting this evil be perpetuated on us, and yet you're not going to the aid of the god of thunder. And he's like, be quiet. I'm not to be questioned. I can do whatever I want to do, and this is what I want to do. And because you've made me so angry, because, because Thor has made me so angry, that's why I've done what I've done to him. He is flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood, and yet I have stripped him of all his power. I have spoken, I shall hear no more. Sif is still insisting that she wants his attention, and he's like, I commanded your silence. Shut up. And Balder pulls her away, and Loki's already thinking of what he can do over there. He's taking leave, being all kowtow to his daddy, all the while thinking, hmm, they have failed. 
despite their cursed allegiance to Thor, they could not slay him, and now I am free to follow my own evil destiny. So he's decided that he's going to go find Thor and defeat him. So now we're back down on Earth. We see some bums and hobos in the alleyway. But he doesn't know Thor's current situation. Does no, he, he doesn't. I don't. Well, he may. He overheard at, at first. He overheard Odin saying that that um, what he's decided to do is is final. So he knows that Thor is trapped on Earth, for, but he doesn't know yet that he's doesn't have any powerless. powers or anything. Right. Hmm. Okay. So Loki sneaks up behind these these gentlemen in the uh, in the alleyway and kind of scares them, and they run off. And he says, "Is he going to use his powers of enchantment to locate Thor?" Thor, meanwhile, is sitting in the in the uh, jail cell, and he's being uh, with a personal guard. He's being picked on. By, or, that's by not a guard. guard. I'm no, sorry. That's, that's another con. inmate. Yeah, that's right. And he's being picked on by the inmate, saying, um, "That's some fancy duds you got on there," because Thor still has on his Thor outfit. And he said, "I'm grieved. I don't know why I'm here." And the guys make, "Well, maybe you're a plant or a stoolie, and you're here to rat on us." And he's like. You're making me mad. So the guy knocks Thor's hat off. You know, I can beat you up. And Thor's like, you've gone too far. I do not desire to hurt you, but you must be taught a lesson. And while he's trying to teach the man a lesson, the guard comes in and says, what's going on here? Stop it. Stop it. So put him down. And he says, Thor, someone's made your bail. So Thor puts on his helmet. And walks out and, and signs on the dotted line because now he's a free man. Gets his hammer back. Turns around and says, who are you? What is your purpose and what is your name? And the man's like, let's let's take a drive. We'll talk about it while we're, while we're out. And Thor's like, okay. And he gets in the car and he's like, oh, man, I feel like I know you. That, that The voice, the at sinister aspect of bearing, that, this can only be one person. Let me look in your eyes. I, I, I know who you are. You are Loki. And Loki's like, mm, I'd hope to leave this disguise on a little bit longer, but I guess you know who I am. So he turns into Loki, and then they start fighting. Hand-to-hand. Hand-to-hand combat. And they're fighting in the street, They're doing, and they're doing their usual Loki, I will defeat you, I will defeat you, and Odin. And, and Thor going, I'm the son of Odin, therefore I will not be matched. And 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 Loki, I, it will prove the death of thee. And Thor like, never, I will not be possessed. And, you know, they just fight back and forth. This is their usual battle of words and bodies. And Thor is a little, he's doesn't have his normal powers, so he's not doing as well as he usually does. Because Loki still possesses the Asgardian powers. And Loki's quite excited because he's now, my limbs do match thee in strength. But unlike you, I can't get tired. I can't get injured. Only you. So he's he's giving Thor a pretty good beatdown. Mm-hmm. And they continue to fight. And Thor says, you know, I, I don't care. My courage will keep me going. And he throws Loki into a pile of rubble. And Loki gets back up and starts throwing they've gone into a shop and he's throwing a a display case at him and and they're just fighting back and forth and thor finally gets away out of the shop and and starts to run a little just you know to to get away from him in order to come up with some kind of strategy and 
Loki's following him, and, and they're hanging off the side of a building, and, and the, the building starts crumbling, and now Thor's laying down on the ground again, and Loki's like, ah, oh, I finally have it. Your time of defeat has come. And Thor's like, not so. There's still Balder and Hemdall and Hogan and Vandal and a host of others that will take care of you if, if something happens to me. And he's like, you're still fighting back. I can't believe this. Why are you still fighting back? And Thor's like, because I have to. Even as we speak, my body sags with exhaustion, but I have no other way. I have to fight. And finally, he's just so tired. And and Loki picks him up and says, now the final blow. Then shall Loki stand supreme, perhaps one day to challenge the power of Odin himself. And as soon as he says that, there's a flash behind him, and here comes Balder and Sif telling him to put Thor down. And he, he puts Thor down, and he turns to face them. And they said, we have, we have dared to, to defy Odin. We have come here to, to take care of Thor and to defeat you. And when Odin learns of your treachery, he'll take your powers away also. Loki's like, no, I don't think so. I will defeat both of you. And, and Baldur said, only death will, will stop us, so we'll, we'll see. Meanwhile, on Asgard, Odin has noticed all this stuff is going on. He's like, what monumental Kingsley defiance is this? First Thor, then Loki, now Baldur and Sif. Pretty soon he's going to have all of Asgard uh, all down of, on Earth. The whole place is going to rebel against him. The whole place is going to rebel against him, yeah. yeah. Disobedience breeds anarchy, yet they have chosen to disobey. No matter their motives, my punishments must be swift and terrible. So he sends a bolt of Odin power to Earth. And we have to wait and see just what that bolt does does. for the next issue. Because that's the end of this issue. Pretty good stuff. So far, yeah. I'm kind of disappointed in the way that they handled Loki coming back. That they sent Loki after Thor. You know, I think... They need to um, give Loki a rest, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, they have done up until now. But it's like, you know, I I don't know if they wrote themselves into a corner and they're trying to figure out a way out of it or, you know. um, I can't believe that Odin would bring Loki back. Not right now. Not yet. I mean, it's it's only been a handful of issues. So it's it's not been that long in their time, Mm -mm. you know. And I can't believe he brings him back and says, now be a good boy. Yeah. That's, I, just, I mean, Odin's not stupid. Well, apparently he is. Well, when it comes to his sons, I guess he is a little... You know, apparently he is. Freaky deaky. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so our third and final issue is the 2011 volume Journey into Mystery, issue 627. So those of you that haven't read it, now is the time to bug out. Or go la 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 la, whichever one you prefer. Either way, we'll see you later on in the episode or next episode. <laughs> This story is um, delivered by Kieran Gillen as writer. Richard Ellison is the artist. Rachel Rosenberg is the colorist, and Clayton Cowles is the letterer. Um, we should, we're, we're at a bar. Uh, we're at a bar, and the narrator is telling the story, kind of a, an old wives' tale or a legend call it about how uh, the devil is prone to walk into bars right before they close and offer the barkeep uh, a deal that if he 
listens, if, if the, the, the barkeep manages to listen, I guess manages to live through the telling of the devil's tale, whatever the tale he wants to tell, he'll receive a tip. And so sure enough, here's a barkeep closing up his bar and in walks Mephisto, who has been portrayed at times as being the devil in the Marvel Universe, but um, and actually this barkeep does happen to, if you, if you ask Mephisto, no, he is not the devil. The devil is higher up on the totem pole than Mephisto is. So Mephisto uh, orders a, a drink, bartender gives him a drink, asks, um, Mephisto asks him, you know, do you know who I am? And he says yes, and um, he, he being Mephisto, uh, goes into telling a tale to the barkeep of the, let's see what to call it here. It is where the living tribunal uh, lives, I guess. And the living tribunal, actually I don't think we see him in this issue, but the living tribunal is a, he, he is the final arbiter of what's right and wrong in the now, he is not God. God is a higher being also. Living Tribunal uh, is a big golden figure, and he has three faces. He has one where we would, but he has one on the right side of his head and one on the left side of his head. And the face that he is talking to, or, or, or the, the type of the type of emotion that he is relaying will be that exposed face while the other two faces are covered. And the faces represent a positive judgment, a negative judgment, and a neutral judgment. All possible scenarios. So whenever he is sitting in judgment of somebody, the outcome of his judgment can be told beforehand if you understand that only one of the three will be exposed and that is how the judgment is going to go and you can tell by the expression on the face. Now that's background about the Living Tribunal, which has absolutely nothing to do with this story, but since I mentioned the Living Tribunal. That was tri free. That was extra. There you go. Added value. There you go. Uh, we, we call that. So I thought they he, he gave this a name. I didn't see a name anywhere. But uh, this is a place that is um, kind of separate from everywhere else where Beings can come to and not be judged by their actions. So the beings aren't good or bad. They're just beings, and they can come here. This is a, a point that is connected to every other possible dimension. So everyone has access to this, uh, this, this place here, which what we see looks like a giant head, and if you kind of look closely, you see that it does bear three faces also. Notice to the mm -hmm. right and the left. You, you can't necessarily tell when you just look at it, but after you've been told it's there, it's like, oh, I don't know if you noticed that before, that it was actually three faces. But, no, not before you tell me. But, yeah. Uh, it's an embassy, uh, so that, that is how people are able to go there and not be, not be judged. So, basically, the um, Mephisto is telling him this because this is a place that he was, Mephisto. And he went and he's consulting 
various other um, entities that we perceive as deities. They show Zeus and Odin, I believe that is. And we have Dionysus. We have Itzavanya, a serpent god of, of some mythos. Does he say who it belongs to? No, he doesn't. Merlin. And we have a uh, spider from the Hermetic traditions. I'm not necessarily sure what that means. And then Mephisto goes... Um, He goes to somebody that is is um, pretending to be Satan and basically calls them on the fact that they're not Satan. And this is where the barkeep asks him, and Mephisto says, you know, no, 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 no way, it's not me. Um, the entity that is pretending at this particular moment, he says various of the um, infernal entities will pretend as the uh, as they have the opportunity or as they feel that it would best benefit them, they will pretend to be Satan. The current pretender is the entity named uh, Saitarak. Saitarak is the dude that Juggernaut is an avatar for that has given Juggernaut his um, undefeatable properties. Also... Doctor Strange casts a spell called the Crimson Bands of Cytherok, which are unbreakable. So, interestingly enough, both of their powers, wielded by a good guy, Doctor Strange, Juggernaut, who has played it a good guy, but I believe he's currently a bad guy. But either way, the powers come from an evil entity. Mm -hmm. But yet, particularly, particularly in the case of Doctor Strange, they're used for good. So, um, and here we see various other infernal entities weigh in on uh, whether or not Saitarok should be allowed to maintain his facade of being Satan. And we are shown Dormammu, who is a Doctor Strange villain, and another gentleman here that I don't recognize... Um, one of the demons of Muspelheim, which is the demon of Asgardian legend. Um, well, no, I'm sorry, it's Surtur. It is the head demon of Muspelheim. And then various others that I don't, I don't recognize. Perhaps if I read the more magic-oriented books and whatnot, I would, I would recognize them, but I don't. Uh, so basically, he is sitting here um, having a, a confab with all these demons asking them what what should be done about pretenders to Satan's throne. And the last one to speak here is Nightmare, who is bitching about this um, fear itself main villain called the Serpent, Mm -hmm. who has been turned out to be, spoilers if you're not reading Fear Itself, Odin's brother, uh, who is also currently the god of fear, uh, 
the Asgardian god of fear. And he is doing things that normally fall within the realm, the domain of Nightmare. Who Nightmare is, I don't actually think it comes out here, but Nightmare is Mephisto's son. So that's why he's complaining to Mephisto. Oh, okay. He's bitching to dad about, you know, oh, it's not fair. Uh You know, so that's, that's what he's doing here. And basically, Mephisto tells him, well, you know, you're right. It isn't fair. That, that should be the kind of stuff that, that you should do. And you should go stop him. If you want it stopped, you need to go stop him. And Mephisto, uh, Nightmare asks, well, you know, if, if I go to stop him, can I count on your help? And Mephisto says, well, absolutely not. You know, basically he says, I, I don't care what you do or what we do right now. There's absolutely no way to beat the serpent. So I'm not going to help you in a losing endeavor. But by all means, go stop him. Which is kind of the double dealing that uh, Mephisto is pretty well known for. Um, He goes on with his, particularly in his discussion here with Nightmare, talking about the essence of good and evil and why good so far has triumphed, but why ultimately they won't and why... Right now, Nightmare can't possibly hope to defeat the serpent, but Mephisto knows that soon enough the serpent will be defeated, and Nightmare will have an opportunity to take his realm, not take his realm, but be able to do his normal dirty work that he hasn't been able to do, because, like, again, the stuff that he used to do that was bad, the serpent is doing. Uh, He is, is gaining power from consuming the nightmares of humans. That's, that's how he gains power. He feeds on fear. Well, that's what Nightmare he, he comes to people. He exposes them to, quote-unquote, nightmares, causes the fear, consumes the fear. And so and so it's not that nightmare is powerless, but he's just not able to do typically what he does. I mean, there are other people who still fear nightmare, and so I suspect that if they didn't, he wouldn't be able to exist. Kind of like all these other pantheons of gods, mm-hmm. uh a lot of times what they'll talk about is as they lose followers, they lose believers. That's why they are now in a separate place because they can't physically exist on earth because they don't have the belief base. Right. Not that they gain powers from that, but it allows them to do certain things, which now, because we don't believe in Zeus and Odin and all these per se, uh, as a population overall, they, they can't be here anymore. So then, uh, that, that is his tale, uh, telling the barkeep all of that. And, you know, he finishes his tale, and he's getting up to leave. And the um, barkeep says, well, you know, is that all? Are you done with your tale? And Mephisto kind of peeks and says, well, actually, yes, I am. And you, you seem to have survived. So the barkeep asks for his tip and of course Mephisto asks him if he wants to live forever and the gentleman says well no if you know I, I know you and if it means living in pain forever well no I, I don't want to to do that and Mephisto says oh no 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 no, no pain you'll you'll just be able to live forever and Ultimately, what he does is Mephisto transports him to hell, or Mephisto's realm, uh, puts him into a machine that 
makes ink. Yeah, somehow, I don't know if it makes it from his essence or, or what exactly it, it does, but he, he turned off the dude's nervous system so that the guy cannot feel pain mm-hmm. uh, and has uh, created a, a, you know, whatever. He, he has done it in such a way that the guy will live forever, mm-hmm. not in pain, hooked to this machine creating ink that Mephisto uses to write his um, treaties with and, and all these other things because even with the way things are, um, the Infernal Realm still deals in written contracts and written correspondence and things like that. Uh, after this, he is informed that um, Loki has freed Surtur from Limbo, which we know from several issues back. Uh, he writes to Loki asking him um, what he's doing, if he wants to meet and, and discuss how we all can benefit from this. And then basically that's it. He muses as to what Loki is truly doing, having freed Surtur, and dispatches the demon to take his uh, letter to Loki, asking him, you know, basically, how can I help? Mm-hmm. This was a weird issue to me. Because it was it it was basically just more information about Mephisto and 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 Hell and Satan and all the and trying to explain what all of those are. With at the very beginning, he said, you know, this is really my big plan. Everybody's a puppet mm-hmm. for me. He he claims that that uh, even the serpent being involved is is kind of what he had in mind and what Loki's doing is what he had in mind. And I really don't believe him because he is the master of lies. I just think that he has decided, hmm, this is the play set out before me and I'm going to sit back and see how this can all benefit me when it all shakes Absolutely. down. Absolutely. What can I do mm-hmm. to take benefit from what is going on? Mm-hmm. You know, I'll claim credit. I'll say that I'm on somebody's side. I'll, you know, basically do whatever I need to do. Just to make sure I come out. Right. That I benefit from it somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't really add to the ongoing ongoing story. I didn't about, think so. Um, well, but as far as we know, that, I'm sorry, that story is over. Because Loki got the seed. He put the seed back. He hid the seed. And Galactus is gone. So, okay, so this is kind of a catch your breath and then the next issue which came out this past Wednesday um, starts into the next the next storyline so this is kind of a filler issue but it, it does connect because he makes mention of the serpent and you know searcher being freed and what Loki's doing and everything like that I'm sorry I was just talking about Thor mm-hmm Oh, my bad. Okay. Oh, but I didn't spoil Thor for anything. Okay. But, yeah, I guess Loki is still, this is still going on because the fear itself is not over. Right. So this is kind of just a, still it's just a catch your breath point, but it's not between stories because as far as Loki trying to do something, that story's still going on. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, with the, the hell wolf and the, 
freeing all these different things and making deals, the shadow of Surtur's sword mm-hmm. and, and all that. Okay, I'm sorry. Ooh, made a yeah, made a big mistake confusing the two books there. Thankfully, they, if they, if they um, are going to be spoiled so. on the one, they'll be spoiled on the other, so they're not listening anyway. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. because they're, they're, they come out pretty close together, so. Yeah, so, well, okay. Um, next episode, episode 32, we'll be talking about the 1966 volume of Mighty Thor, issues 148 and 149, and we'll be talking about the 2011 uh, volume of the Mighty Thor, issue 6. Mm-hmm. All right, now we do have one piece of uh, feedback that had kind of, I had allowed it to fall through the cracks, but on the very first episode that we did, somebody has recently started listening and left the comment, I just found this podcast, and from one Thor lover to another, keep up the good work. This is from Snarkstress. Snarkstress. Um, And I do want to add, for those of you that listen, Snarkstress, I believe, is one half, at least, of a website called couchlocked.com. That's one word, couchlocked. And they are reviewing issues of Thor as well, starting with the um, with the onset of his book, The Mighty Thor. Not starting, I don't believe, with the Journey into Mystery books. But they are reading them and then doing written reviews of looks to be, to me, uh, an issue at a time. So if you guys want to head over there, if you're that interested in Thor, uh, Snarkstress from CouchLocked.com is also reviewing Thor as we are, both of us are going along. She's about six issues, looks like six, seven issues ahead of us. So maybe at some point we'll catch up and there will be verbal and written reviews at the same time. That'd be pretty cool. Cool. And so I think that... uh, think that's everything that we had for this episode if uh, you do want to leave us some feedback you can do it at the mighty thor podcast at gmail.com that's our email address the website is comicbooknoise.com slash thor uh, we'll post the episodes there and you can leave comments for each episode even go back and leave comments for old episodes like snarksters did we'll catch them we're a little late on this one but we'll we'll catch them and we do have a fan page on Facebook, the Mighty Thor cast. You can uh, find notice of the episodes going up there. And on those episode notices, like you know on Facebook, you can leave a comment on those. Also, I am on Google+, and I will be posting notifications of when the episodes go up on there also. And I am Edward Elmore Jr., on Google Plus, so if you want to keep up with notices there, if you're on G Plus more than Facebook, you can do so. Just circle me, and when I'll again post notices, and you'll see it just come through on your on your feed there on Google Plus. Um, I think that's everything we were wanting to do. Yes. Alrighty. Uh, thanks for listening in. Uh, thanks for listening to us for the first time. For those of you that this may be your first show, and. Issue or episode 32 will be coming up here probably a little bit more shortly than normal since we've got uh, both the new issue of Journey into Mystery and the new issue of Thor. Rather than being two weeks apart, they put them both out on the same week for some reason. I don't know why they did that. And uh, 
we'll be sitting down here sooner rather than later and doing the next episode. So thanks a lot, guys. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye. This is a Teal Production.